Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Out the Basement Podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and as always, joined by the new nickname, Tony the Tiger, Anthony Siandra. Anthony, what is going on, man? I'm doing good, Chad. Uh, save for the nickname, I'm doing I'm doing pretty great today. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. So we're already running a little bit behind, so I don't want to keep our guests waiting here. So we'll get them on here really quick right away and get right to the fun stuff. So we have one of my, I guess to say, most exciting favorite guests we've had on here yet. Uh, and that is Sean Cheer Sean T- I almost messed up his name. Sean Tierney. Uh Charting Hockey, the Athletic, TSN Analytics. He is your hockey analytics guy on Twitter. Sean, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. So I'm you know, Sean, I gotta tell you, I've one of my things in twenty eighteen was getting more into the analytics side of covering hockey. And I gotta say, every it's become almost every day that I retweet your stuff, look at your stuff, analyze your stuff. And it's, I got to tell you, it's one of the refreshing things of, I guess, the way I analyze hockey now is not only your analytic stuff, but like all the analytic stuff. So I first want to start with uh, appreciation for what you do, because I I can imagine it takes up a lot of work and a lot of time to put all that together. Well, I appreciate that. I I feel like um, everyone looks for that niche that they can carve out for themselves on hockey Twitter if, if you're the kind of person who hangs around there. And for me, it's been sort of this this ground or this space where there's a lot of data and analytics and exactly the story you're describing. I want to be one of those voices for people that decide there's something to analytics. I want to dig into the sport deeper. And I just, you know, you want to get started. You're not sure maybe where or or what sources are the best place. And so for me, I want to be right at that kind of intersection where people can say, this is a place I can go. I understand what's being said here. And it kind of gives maybe you know, a new way or another way into enjoying the sport. So the the, the normal first question we ask here, uh, I guess I'll get the first question while Anthony get the second one this time around. How did it all get started for you? Where, where did you start? Where did you decide that you want to get into the analytics side of things? Well, there's sort of a short and long to this. So the maybe medium instead of long, my dad always uh, ran a card shop in the town where we lived. And so I did a lot of, you know, sort of involuntary labor for him and, and a lot of card sorting where you get to the backs of hockey cards and you're looking through stats and you know after years and years of doing that you kind of get just sort of interested in the numbers that go with with the people that you like and the players that you become attached to so the numbers thing has been there you know since an early age for me is something that really engages me but in terms of the analytics itself or getting into the data that's out there you know beyond just points and that sort of thing um, I used to especially be a Leafs fan, and that's kind of faded as I've gotten deeper and deeper into the stat side. But okay. I started from that, and, and uh, when they signed David Booth, I just wanted to know, was it smart or was it not? And so uh, I started digging and digging and went through hockey Twitter and found every article I could. And the deeper and deeper I went, the more you know there were links to different kinds of data that said, this is smart or this isn't smart. And and for me, I always think of, of that one transaction as kind of the, the tipping point for me where I said, there's more out there than I realized and I want to get into it. That's funny that David Booth is kind of a, David Booth's the guy that started it all for you. That's <laughs> We were waiting for that last week, right? We were <laughs> yeah. waiting for that unique story, somebody, you know, something out of the blue that got them inspired to, you know, pursue their current path. That's pretty unique. Yeah, and I mean, I still, um, you know, mentally at least send him a bottle of wine at Christmas, or I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they ever actually arrive, but you know, the, the intent is there. Yeah, obviously, you've uh, got a pretty substantial following on Twitter. Your your brand has grown, uh, 
you know, pretty exponentially, pretty quickly. Uh, how is it that you keep yourself motivated uh, amid the success you're having and, and you know, I guess, uh, staying goal-oriented moving forward? Yeah, I've been really fortunate in that, um, as I sort of touched on, I think the Viz side really goes well with the explosion of data that's happening in hockey right now. There's a lot of great data sources like Natural Statric and Corsica and Evolving Wild. And, and you know, these numbers of websites are growing all the time. Um, and so in order for people to kind of get into that or to write blogs for themselves and have a, a picture to hook that data in, um, you know, it's just sort of there was an opening there in hockey Twitter for someone who uh, was just sort of interested in maybe providing that. So, so for me, the motivation has been I love the data myself. I'm a really visual learner personally. And it, you know, it sort of turns out that by making these pictures to go with the numbers that are out there, other people seem to be pretty responsive or pretty positive. And um, I see, you know, some of the things that I make pop up in people's articles. And, and for me, that's just, that's the motivation is thinking that, you know, there's a, maybe a need for someone or, or some people out there to make these sorts of visits and that they serve a need in the market where people want to get into the numbers and maybe just need that sort of visual to help them put it all together and get some understandings out of it. For sure. And actually that, that segues us perfectly in, into, you know, what we had lined up here for our next question. What is the hardest part you find of uh, creating charts and, and, you know, the visual data for, you know, the, the, the average fan to understand for to, to, I guess, maximize your audience without being overly complicated? I think in terms of challenges on my end, there are ways to automate certain things. And to an extent, I've really resisted that. I make a lot of graphs. And, and so every day I, I download manually the data that I use, either from Corsica, oh, wow. Money Puck, or, or wherever. And the reason I'm really sort of attached to that kind of a process of updating these by myself and then tweeting them out, uh, I think that that personal touch is something that can get lost with something that's more automated. And so for me, you know, spinning a joke about how just atrocious Ottawa has been as I begin a tweet thread to show that the charts are updated for the morning or or just those sort of personal touches, or, or even when I have people asking me questions about something they see and they don't understand, or they want to link to an article where they can read more. For those sorts of things and interactions to happen and be authentic, I kind of have to be present, and, and I enjoy the interaction too. So, you know, the challenge goes right with the gain for me, which is I, I need to be there, I need to do it by hand, I need to be present in the activity, and so there's a time investment there, but I feel like the response has been really positive for me. And because I'm there for the interaction, I think maybe that's helped, uh, you know, to whatever extent I have a brand. I think the brand has been helped to grow just because I'm, I'm there and active and interactive with people that might want to use these things. You know, it's nice being here in Buffalo that this year isn't the, uh, <laughs> like you said, it's Ottawa who started the funny jokes where it's not, you know, this year it's nice not being the Buffalo point and laugh. Oh, look at Buffalo, how bad they are. So let's, I, I know the Buffalo's numbers aren't great, but that's, uh, that's one of the, I guess, upticks for us this year is this year it gets to be Ottawa and not, oh, my God, look how bad Buffalo is. Okay, let's look at everybody else's numbers now. Right, and for a long time, Buffalo was kind of that um, low-water benchmark where you would say this is the outer limit of how bad a team can be in the NHL this season and everyone else is going to be better than this. And, you know, they every sort of projection, every sort of stat that we have shows that, you know, this might not be a playoff team. Maybe they'll hang on at the edge of the playoffs or maybe they won't. But even to be talking playoffs after the sort of wilderness the Sabres wandered through for a few seasons, it's been tremendous growth. You can see that there's a 
a young core. And when you have names like Eichel and Darlene and Skinner doing what he's doing, if he sticks in town, you can see the hope and the promise. And, and that wasn't exactly obvious for a couple of seasons. So yeah, it's Ottawa that's taking the brunt of the beating now. And, and the Sabres are, they're back into a place that, you know, is much more enjoyable for fans, I think. Right, definitely. So I, for me, you know, when I, and I post this data that, you know, it's analytical data that I wake up, you, or you know, there's going to be at least one or two people that comment back will go, yeah, okay, but you know, my eyes tell me different. Like, like a big thing, a lot of analytical guys get hit with. Well, you say all this this data number stuff, but I don't know. Explain Carolina to me, you know. And that's and it's tough for things like that. But it's you know I, the way I kind of do it now is like if I'm looking up a certain player or a certain team, uh, I'll, I'll go look at the analytical data first, and then I'll like all right, all right, let me go watch them now and see if that matches up. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, somebody who's so deep in the numbers. Do you still put for yourself put a lot on the eye test, or are you more since you're in it? Are you more focused like, on the numbers? What the numbers tell you about players or by teams? I think to have legitimacy in the space, you have to be somebody. If you're into the numbers, you have to be somebody that loves to watch the game too. And and so I'm not a lover of spreadsheets, and I'm not a you know a computer or robot who got into this because there were more Excel files than I could imagine. For me. It's, you know, the, the process of watching hockey is still the reason that I'm here and what I love to do. So um, one thing that maybe helps me get through sometimes is I watch a lot of hockey myself. I like to make gifs of plays that I see that catch my eye and I'll live tweet games when I'm watching things too. And and on the one hand, it's just enjoyable to do. But on the other hand, I think it gives, uh, you know, certain authenticity to what I say that you know, I'm really out there watching the games and I'm a big fan of the sport and I love to just watch and yell at my TV and, and do all the things that, you know, normal non-robot people do. But because I'm watching, I think my response to the eye test versus analytics question is always, if you think the eye test has value and it sure does, then why wouldn't you want everybody's eye test on every game all the time? And, and when you have that, you're talking about stats. You're talking about the data where nothing is missed. You've got eyes on every game at, at all times. It's the ultimate eye test in that it's all brought together into the data. So so for me, I always say these are two things that instead of being opponents versus each other, they're really just one and the same, just maybe an extension of each other, and they really do fit together in the end. I'm, I'm so glad you explained it that way just now, because one of the, you know, as as someone like Chad, who who also uses, you know, the advanced stats in their articles and, and tries to pool data to, to back up their claims. The biggest thing that I, I think people maybe misunderstand is that the eyeball test and analytics are not mutually exclusive. They're 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 completely in relation with each other. So I feel like a lot of the time when someone says, well, wait a minute, what about the eyeball test? You know, you can't go off the numbers. That's just their way of saying, I don't understand this. And and so, you know, our job, I guess, as as writers and content producers has got to be to, you know, harbinger a conversation, try to explain it rather than, you know, I mean, disregard anyone who says, well, my eyes say different. I'm old school. It's like, well, OK, well, here's why this actually matches kind of what you're looking at here. Here's how it relates to your eyeball test. Right. And I think the key word that you mentioned is conversation. And I think at least in years past, hockey Twitter sometimes would tear itself apart where the eye tests and the analytics groups or the camps would kind of dig in and it would become this war between different ideas. And for me, I, I really tried to, and to whatever extent my voice matters, I always try to be sort of positive in the interactions that I have. And and anybody that comes to you with an eye test is really saying, I'm interested, I see something and I don't get it. 
And if you can engage that person in a conversation, I think you're looking at a 99 out of 100 times that person is going to want to come towards more understanding if it's presented to them in a non-confrontational way. So, you know, to the extent that people can produce content, if you can't deliver it to new people who might be interested or maybe even convert somebody who might not have been interested otherwise, it doesn't have a lot of value. So, so for me, I, I love that you said the word conversation. I think hockey Twitter has become a place where that conversation can happen as long as people are sort of framing it the right way. So Anthony usually ends here with his uh, little fun question we ask every person. So I'm going to ask a question first before I give it to Anthony and let you go here with his fun question at the end. Is there, in your mind, is there, I'm just curious, is there a player, is there a team, just something that you're like, oh my goodness, this is the worst data I've ever seen, or oh my goodness, this is the best data I've ever seen? It's kind of, I guess, a fun way to end it here. Uh, I mean, the heartbreaking story so far this season is Carolina and I think anybody who loves uh, data or talks about hockey data has had to explain the uh, Carolina problem this year. So mm -hmm. yep. whatever, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just been a, a mess to see a team that generates as much expected goals as they do, that does all the right things that we say good teams should do to just get no luck shooting at all and, and to really be struggling the way they have. So for me, I, I waver kind of between two different extremes with Carolina, which is saying, you know, on the one hand, teams aren't always going to do exactly what you predict them to do. We expect uh, things to go differently sometimes. That's not weird. But on the other hand, they're just so good at doing some of the most key things that we know from the data, and they're getting none of the love from it. So that's been the real heartbreak for me is watching a team do the right things and get no results for it this season. It's hard every morning to, to wake up and update and see that nothing has changed for them. Yeah, I, I could, I could definitely say that. I mean, it's, you know, part of me with Carolina. Then I'll give it to Anthony here for the last question. Part of it with Carolina for me is, like you said, like all the numbers and everything is there. But I just wonder if there's, I mean, they they traded Jeff Skinner, they traded Lindholm, where maybe they can get those shots and they can get that, all those excellent stuff you see like in your charts. So maybe they just don't simply have guys who can beat a goaltender, and then maybe that gets back to your eye test. And yeah, they can do all these things, but they just don't have enough talent to beat an NHL goaltender. That's why they're not scoring goals or winning games. And in the end, like you said, this might be one of those tipping points where we say, we know expected goals matters to a certain extent. Um, it isn't the whole story, but it's a big part of it. But can you really underperform it if you just don't have the shooting talent on your roster? And, and I think maybe this season for Carolina and the past few seasons sort of all together, it'll help us to ask better questions and to find you know, even better data in the future. And if that's the case, you know, it winds up being a win for us, even if it's a big loss for Carolina in the end. Right. All right, Anthony, you have fun with your last question here. I know you enjoy it. All right. So everyone who produces content has obviously had a negative interaction on Twitter, probably more than one. Is there any comment uh, or, or any kind of interaction you've had that stuck with you that was particularly funny or, or, or just so, something, I don't know, something negative that you received, negative feedback that you received that, that stuck with you that you either found funny or, or you know, just kind of, I don't know, stayed in the back of your brain? Well, <laughs> so I really do value um, the idea of staying above the sort of noise and, uh, and that idea of don't feed the trolls is something that I yep. learned early on. And, and if you're going to be a data nerd out in hockey Twitter, you have to really abide by that or you can get into trouble. I guess if I was going to point out one, it's that especially, um, you know, the past year or so has been a, a big year of growth for me and my audience has gotten 
um, you know, a bit bigger. And so there's more people hanging around sometimes, which is great. And so, you know, along with that, just about every day I have someone point out to me that um, I'm not an NHL coach. And so that always sticks in my head. <laughs> I, I don't think I've really promoted myself in any way as an NHL head coach who does this for fun on the side. But anytime someone says something along those lines, I always think, okay, <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. But no, I, I'm not a coach. And uh, that's, that's the most common um, critique I get. But I, like I've been trying to say, I, I try not to let anything, uh, you know, put a chink in the armor too much or whatever. It's uh, it's just how it goes. And when people are interested in your stuff, you're going to get the trolls too. And, and that's maybe a sign of success. So that's okay. Yeah, that's funny. I actually got, <laughs> I put a comment on Twitter about uh, Casey Middlesat today. And I got that very reply that was, well, that's why you write and Housley coaches because you're wrong. And that was the reply back. I, got. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely feel where you're coming from with that one. So Sean Tierney, uh, if you're not following him on Twitter and you watch hockey or, you know, hockey is a passion for you, you're doing hockey wrong. So make sure you follow him if you're not at charting hockey. Again, Sean writes for Hockey Graphs, The Athletic, TSN. Um, great info every single morning. I look forward to checking it out and it kind of sets the day for me, um, especially here in Buffalo with things, how they're going downhill lately. They haven't been great charts to look at, but sometimes the truth hurts and that's the way it is. But Sean, man, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us here. It's a really fun conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right, man, we'll talk soon. I'm going to try to get you on that Sabres podcast so we can reminisce about how they're heading downhill, but that'll be down the road a little bit. Can't wait. (laughs) All right, thanks.